the gamification of the investment industry. Even when not new, this phrase has been around a lot more lately thanks to the events that involved Robinhood, GameStop, other meme stocks, Wall Street bets, and cryptocurrencies. From articles featured in Forbes and Nasdaq, and tweets by personalities such as Michael J. Barry, whose Twitter account has been re-established after a hiatus for, well, reasons. The gamification of the investment industry is here to stay. But let's take a step back. It is impossible to deny the importance of video games in today's world. Numbers speak for themselves. Just last year, YouTube Gaming had its biggest year ever in 2020, with 100 billion watch time hours and more than 40 million active gaming channels. Not only this, but also according to MarketWatch, last year the global video game revenue was expected to surge 20%, which would make the video game industry bigger moneymaker than the global movie and North American sports industries combined. These numbers, however, are a mere cause of the intrinsic value and appeal of video games in general. Sometimes they are used as a simple distraction, while other times they allow us to be whatever we seek as individuals, from adventurers in a cubic world to relentless drivers and many others. Hello friends, it's Mirko. Thank you for coming back to the second episode of this podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the gamification of the investment industry. For this, we will briefly introduce the concept of gamification, how it affects the investment industry, and subsequently, we'll make some final remarks in this regard. Part 1. What is gamification? Gamification can be defined as the use of game design elements in non-game contexts. This term is not new. While it is easy to recognize without doubt, when we are in front of a game, trying to conceptualize what is and what is not a game has been significantly harder. Some describe games as structure and systematic voluntary activities that lack seriousness, others as a system where individuals engage in conflict with rules and that provides an outcome. Games are somewhere in between, and the specific characteristics vary depending on the genre and if they are virtual and analogical. The study of the psychological aspect of video games was noted by business and expert marketing advisors, which in turn led many non-video game businesses to try to use video game-like strategies to their advantage. A player's motivation became key. Experts such as Sigerman have explained that game designers should consider both intrinsic or internal motivation, which is anything related to the player's core values, and extrinsic or external motivations, such as money and status. The image of the common customer was replaced with that of the gamer customer to businesses, who began to craft their products with game mechanics and strategies to make customers more engaged. Essentially, they began to implement elements such as feedback and reinforcement, surprise, pattern recognition, recognition of achievements, fame and attention, and leading others. Their mindset changed, and so did their strategies. What does this mean? That if we first had games strictly for having fun, now the entertaining and rewarding elements of games that have effects in the human psyche, such as leaderboards, scores, daily tasks or objectives made it to other areas, products and industries. Clear non-investing examples you must have heard of are Duolingo, where the purpose is to learn a language, and the Starbucks reward program, where the objective is to create customer loyalty. Part 2. The gamification of the investment industry Now, let's go deep into what interests us. The gamification of the investment industry. What has happened and how have games come to it? It's simple. What once was hard is now easy. Long gone are the days where investing was an obscure endeavor reserved only for the enlightened. 
It is not only thanks to the internet and globalization in general, but also to virtual broker apps such as Robinhood for the American market, Free Trade for the UK, or the internationally available eToro, DeGiro, among others. Now, almost everyone can easily invest whenever they want. Any day, you can now buy high and sell low and buy cryptos at all-time highs, investing in all sorts of meme stocks and backholding, and nobody, nobody stops retail investors. And sometimes this becomes an issue because investing is better done for the long term and when you combine accessibility and an app that makes you feel rewarded for investing, then it may turn to gambling. And let me explain myself. I am all about easy investing for everyone, but investing needs to come with sound financial education. But why? What has changed? What do these virtual brokers have in common? You can easily check with your own eyes if you download any of these investing apps. They all have colorful and showy layouts, low entrance fees and rewards for inviting others, easy mechanics and the ability to make us all check every five minutes if the numbers are red or green even when the market is closed. And the best of all, margin, which is free money, right? All of these things make it far more appealing for us retail investors to go all in with our pocket money than it is to buy some coffee and groceries for the week. Part 3. Final Remarks Well, while I do think that it is highly positive for us ordinary humans to be able to participate in the market despite of who we are or where we are, I think that some issues do arise. Margin is not free money. Options and other complex financial products should be fully understood before going all in. It really is on us, retail investors, to find harmony and balance between being able to invest with simplicity and not overdoing it. That's why, as I always say, you must be rational, do your own research and only invest what you're willing to lose. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly content and thank you and see you on the next one.